We are back, baby. We are back. That's we right. are back. You are looking live. We get after it. You know, we jabber jaw. We go tit for tat. We have our little differences. Let's get funky like a monkey. And here we go. Hello and welcome to the Moose and Runes podcast. This is episode 203 of the pod alongside Matt Rooney. I am Joe Musso. We're going to come at you from a different direction this week, Moose and Runes listeners. We're going to do buy and sell throughout. Just spray the board. We're at that time where there's a lot of uh, interesting things going on across the sporting landscape. Maybe no uh, major story. So we're going to give everyone their just due. We're going to mm-hmm. do a buy or sell right across the board. But before we get into anything, Matt Rooney, how the hell are you? This episode's going to look a whole lot like my spray chart off the tee box. There's going to be some shots going just about everywhere. We're going to have one straight left. We're going to have a couple down the middle. We're going to have a couple straight off to the right. We're covering all fields. <laughs> I was sitting on that one. I just wanted to get uh, that out there. I thought that was I good. like that. Thank you. I like that. Um, uh, I'm do you, doing does well. That, does that mean, does no, that mean you're going to lead us off with a uh, golf buyer seller? No. Uh, I don't really have a golf. We have a golf mailbag, <laughs> okay. which we're going to get to. We're going to save that we'll one save for the, the tail. tail I, okay. I mean – Golf's kind of in the, the doldrums right now after the Masters. We were there in uh, South Carolina at Harborside. That's always a fun tournament to watch. I didn't know Stuart Sink was still playing golf. That's, that's mm-hmm. good. I could have sworn he was on the senior tour. I mean, to, um, think that the, to think that the guy won his first tournament in 1997, and here he is, however many years later, cashing a million-plus-dollar check for playing the game of golf. That man. He won easy, too. It wasn't close. That man, yeah, yeah but that man didn't just win that tournament. He has won life. Uh, Stewart's yeah. Sink. If you look up those career earnings, he's pretty high up that board um, with what he's been able to accomplish. So yeah, that's, that's one of the, the best uh, wrap up. One of the best. Uh, I'll golf buy that lifestyle too. if we're going. Yeah, one yeah, that's one of the best tan lines in the history of golf. Just the the straight white bald head is awesome. Fantastic. Yeah, like you could tell, he never really tries to offset it. He never goes out on an off week and tries to like tan that head up. It is when, when you have that money, the sun sees you. my face. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, uh, b- back to you though, Matt, how are you? I'm doing good. Um, <laughs> hang, hang, just we're in the doldrums of kind of the, the sports season here. The, the Hawks and bulls, unfortunately kind of faltering down the stretch. That's, that's not ideal. The baseball yeah. season's early. Jonathan Taves. We finally got a little bit of news on him. You see that? I did. It sounds like he's, his, still, health is, his health is improving, uh, still pretty vague. Still very vague, but sounds promising to be for back next, next year. Season, which yeah, I think was yeah. kind of the hope, I think, all along, or at least mm-hmm. after a few weeks to the season went in and you still weren't, weren't hearing from him. So it was at least nice to get something on that front, anything at all whatsoever, even if it is very vague. Seems like we will see Jonathan Tapes on the ice again for the Blackhawks. So that makes me happy. So I'm happy. There you go. Anytime you get the captain back, it's a good thing. Um, uh, yeah, we're, again, just rooting for a speedy recovery uh, in in whatever he's dealing with, and that hopefully he's out there skating with the boys next season. Because you know he it's Jonathan Taze. He's a career competitor. You know that uh, outside of whatever he's dealing with, his inability to be on the ice is eating him up a little bit. I'm yeah. sure that's not helping him. You know, can't cannot be good for the mental state either. Yeah. So, all right, you want me to start? It sounded like that was where it sounded like you were heading that direction. Yeah, I, was okay. gonna let, I, was I did not realize go. until I opened up ESPN.com that UFC 261 was this weekend. Ooh, and you are our UFC, you're a UFC fight. guy. Um, uh-huh. I, I didn't really know where to go with this because we like, like we said, the sports world is kind of spread out right now at the moment. There's not one place mm-hmm. to focus. So I figured I'd go to your wheelhouse. I know Usman, Masvid, all the big main event. I think they have... Um, is it a full crowd in Jacksonville or um, 
it will be 100% capacity, whatever the capacity of that I, building is. Okay, that's uh, that's going to be kind of awesome to see at least. It'll be everybody stay safe. Um, <laughs> but we got Us- Usman Masvidal. We preview that fight a little bit for me. I think we know mm-hmm. what we're getting into there. But the rest of the card I'm kind of looking at don't really know many other people down the line. So uh, as we go, uh, usually buy or sell UFC 261, Joe. Should I buy it or sell it? Yeah, I'm buying UFC 261, Matt. You know, that's kind of my stance on all of these cards. And all I don't think you've fights, ever but, said to um, sell one. Yeah, I'll tell you if they're top-heavy. I'll tell you yeah. if uh, it's something maybe you should uh, tune into for the last hour or so. And, uh, you know, this card has some names throughout. It's Usman Masvidal in the rematch in the main event. We're hoping we get more fireworks than we did in the first meeting between the two. Um, it's, it's for the welterweight title, so anytime the strap is on the line and – Jorge Masvidal, who's become a bit of a household name after the knee of uh, Ben Askren. It's something that we tune into. But beyond that, uh, Rose Namajunas is a huge name in the women's fight game, and she's been um, chipping away, and now she's uh, earned her... She's earned her ability, or she's earned her honor, and she's earned her the word. What's the word I'm looking for? She's earned her respect. Her shot, yeah. She's earned her respect, and now she's got a shot at a belt against uh, Zhang Wei Li, and uh, that's going to be a really fun fight. Valentina Shevchenko. Um, there, that's there's the name I've belt heard. Up on the line, yeah. She Jessica Andrade is going to try and take the belt off of her. I don't think that happens, but Shevchenko's a stud. So in your three final fights of the night, there's a belt up for grabs, which isn't something you get on every single card. That in and of itself um, is a selling point. Beyond that, Chris Weidman, Uriah Hall are two names that people have heard before. And then you get Anthony Smith and Jim Cruton. I think Smith is going to run away in that one, but Smith's last fight was a a really fun one as well. Um, Kind of a a blood fest against who was it? I think it was Devin Clark. If I'm not, uh, if I'm not mistaken, but um, no, there's there's a lot of opportunity for the big moment, for the big knockout, for um, the five round war. There's a lot of fighters on this card that have been through it and that aren't really going to lay down. Like okay. this is a this is a go out on your shield card, and I think we could see a whole bunch of that. Um, I don't know how many stoppages will be uh, handed out and how many stoppages will come via knockout but um i think that you're gonna have a bunch of fights on this card that um i won't say see quick conclusions but um have the I, I potential for that yeah i think there's there's the potential not for a quick conclusion but for like a lot of like third round knockouts or okay. in these uh, in these title matches like fifth round knockouts like going the distance who's got who's got the bigger tank type thing but uh, in terms of the top of that card i mean rose nami Yunus and, and then that um and then that main event of Usman or Usman Masvidal is um, is the selling point on this card. And 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 like you said, Matt, if nothing else, it's a buy to see and hear and feel mm-hmm. a full crowd in Jacksonville um, getting after it. Uh, obviously, we've had semblance of that. We we've had um, we've had small groups and we've had uh, just tastes of what it's like to have fans back in the stands. But I'm really interested to see what shoulder-to-shoulder looks and feels like at uh, UFC 261. I mean, that's – even with the the big main event and those two names, obviously the rematch like we talked about, I'm excited to see those guys, excited to see that fight. Like you said, hopefully a few more fireworks. But, like, yeah, the, the, the thing for me, the thing that I'm most anticipating seeing is turning that on and seeing 
a full house hearing a full mm-hmm. house again um especially at an event like a ufc event where that crowd gets so into it and, and can kind of erupt so quickly um you've sold me on the two women's fights I, i'm anytime there's a belt on the line i'm interested in, I, i've heard of a couple of those names and i, I think those are going to be a lot of fun to watch obviously uzman masvidal is the main event I, we, we, like we said last time was a little bit I don't want to say a letdown, just not as, as action-packed as we thought. What kind of fighters are we getting here in Usman and Masvidal? I mean, they're they're complete guys. Uh, they, they, a little bit of everything? Yeah, they, okay. they can attack in multiple different ways. Um, both, I would say, lean towards striking. So we're going to see some stand-up game. Um, Usman might go for the takedown, and I think that's where he has the advantage on Masvidal if this thing gets to the ground, not to discredit Masvidal's um, – jiu-jitsu or any of his ground game or his wrestling but i think it, from a wrestling discipline mm-hmm. usman has the um has the advantage so that's where we could see another take it to the mat okay. grind on him stomp some feet slow prodding pace because that's where usman's advantage is but if these two guys stand and trade which both of them can do and both of them have been apt to do in the past i think i give a little bit of an edge to masvidal i'm in is, is, I mean, if you think of Jorge Masvidal, like his story is special. He's a he's a Miami guy. He's three oh five, born and bred. He, if you go back to the old Kimbo Slice videos on YouTube, I don't know if they're up still, but he was one of the pre fights on a Kimbo Slice backyard fight. That's like, that's, that's that's how far back Jorge Masvidal's. Uh, desire to fight goes. He is a guy like some of these guys get to a point like Masvidal with the with the Versace robes and the big house and the cars. Like Corey Masvidal's made his money in and out of the ring at this point, um, and he will continue to do so. But you know, not to the Connor level. But we see things like that happen where people just you know the the zest for fight is no longer there. I think Jorge Masvidal is the type of guy who wakes up in the morning looking for a fight. And because he is who he is, he can only do that in a sanctioned ring. So I think he's champing at the bit to, to get out there and get after it again. Because just at his soul, at his core, he was just a kid in Miami looking for a fight, you know? Mm-hmm. So I'm going to ask um, you too now from ga- a gambling perspective. Masvidal's plus 330, Usman minus 410. Would you mm-hmm. would you sprinkle a little bit on Masvidal? Is that worth it in your opinion? Would I you, would because okay. because you can't unless you're going to pick how it goes down it, it, for Usman. You're not going to make much off like Usman. Knockout second round, you're not going to make much money. So the value obviously lies in Masvidal, and if you're going to get plus three thirty value on a guy who has shown the ability to sleep people in short order. I think you got to put a couple bucks on that direction if you're going to bet this main event. So you seem pretty confident in the the two female title holders retaining. So maybe maybe a little value. Um, play no, there. no, 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 no. I have Nami. I think I think Rose Namajunas has a really good chance. Um, oh, okay, okay. To to take the belt, she's not the title holder. So I think gotcha. Namajunas. Okay. okay. I think Nami Yunus makes a nice run at the belt. I think Shevchenko no problem holds on to hers. So maybe a little. Masvidal Nami Yunus parlay take a take a big long shot there with two plus odds yeah or or if you really think Kamaru Usman's the ticket mm-hmm. then you stack Kamaru Usman on top of your underdog and Nami Yunus maybe throw in Shevchenko as well okay interesting all right maybe I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll have to take so a look that, at that I mean so that might be the betting card that I think you've sold me card. you should be in sales for Dana White because you've sold oh, me and, and maybe the couple people that listen to this podcast I think I'm buying a lot of these um, well, if we could CC that to Dana, I, I hope he's, uh, I hope he's just, listening. Let's just get him on the pot. I'm sure he listens. <laughs> uh, Matt, we got some other topics to get to here. We want to swing it around the entire sporting landscape. So mm-hmm. I'm going to take us next to the hardwood, Ooh, your favorite. My, um, my expertise. Seen, 
it's really been a it's really been a night and day experience where like it's either stars are putting up 40 or they're out with injury and we've seen a ton of injuries this mm-hmm. season whether that's to whether that's due to the shortened off season and the quick turnaround which I, I really think it is when you see uh, the rate at which some of these guys are going down uh, I mean Clint Capella and uh, um, Trey Young go down in a 10 minute span a, a night ago but that's not where I want to go I want to go to the other side of things and these stars showing out it's really come down to I think Think Joel Embiid, Nikola Jokic, and for my money, Steph Curry. You have as, to have him in the as, conversation now. As the MVP. I mean, the kid's averaging – the kid. He's averaging 40 points per game in the month of April. His numbers are exactly that of his unanimous MVP season in 2015-16. So I think I've shown my cards and you know where I stand mm-hmm. here. But a night ago, we saw Joel Embiid – collect a rebound and heave a three quarters court one-handed that shot that awesome. should have gone in and been the greatest shot maybe in the history of the regular season. I, I don't know. I, obviously that's a wild overstatement, but it'd be the shot of the season. And then some mm-hmm. Matt buy or sell Joel Embiid is your NBA MVP. Um, man, I'm going to, I'm going to, I want to pull up his numbers and I want to pull up his odds just so I kind of have them offhand. I, I, he's making his case, but I've been on the Nikola Jokic train for so long now, and I know you don't love the guy's game uh, in terms of like aesthetic, you know, watching the game. It might be a little bit slow paced, might be a little bit quote unquote boring, whatever you want to say. But mm-hmm. I just think all that he does for that Denver team, especially now that you've seen uh, Jamal Murray go out with a torn ACL, and I think it's a good point that you made with injuries, that quick turnaround probably mm-hmm. contributing to a lot. Um, and I mean, Embiid had Embiid had an injury this year. He sat out what eight games. Uh-huh. Um, Curry has missed a couple games here and there with that tailbone injury. Jokic has been healthy. He's Jokic been has been healthy the whole way. And quite honestly, even after Murray went down, like there hasn't been much of a drop off. I, I just I mm-hmm. think he's he's kept them in pretty much right around three, four, five, right in the West all year. Which is I, I know the Lakers have been banged up, but you got the Suns who are really good, the Jazz who are really good. You got some really good teams there. He's keeping them right in the mix of it. If you told me one of Curry, Embiid, or Jokic won, I wouldn't tell you anyone was the wrong pick, especially if Steph drags the Warriors to the playoffs because at this point it's pretty much just him. But, man, like especially now that Jamal Murray has gone down and it's it's pretty much – not that it's Jokic versus the world, but it's it's much more his team than it was, I have to still lean his way. I don't think it's a wrong choice of those three, Joe. And if you – Embiid's averaging 30 and 11 – He's great. He's also got probably a little bit more help. He's got another quote-unquote star with him in Ben Simmons. But I just – I think Jokic is doing it in a more difficult conference. I think he's doing a little bit more. He's averaging 26, 11, and 8. I – I got to go with the with uh, with Jokic right now. Fine, I, I can't argue with you because he's been fantastic, but it's just not for me. I know, um, and that's okay. I know, I know, Jokic's game isn't quite for you. But no, no, no. I, I, his games, his games, fine. And, you don't and the love numbers watching are it, fine, and I like, like watching it. It's not that I don't love watching it, but like an MVP, a league MVP, to me is more than just the fundamental. It's it's what you bring to the arena every night. It's your entertainment factor on top of your ability to execute. Joel Embiid has elevated his game to this level now. And I think it's, you know, when you talk about the quote unquote process, this is the culmination of the process. We're seeing it now. They're an Eastern Conference contender, a mm-hmm. serious contender. Thanks to that man. Say what you want about Ben Simmons yeah. being on that team or Tobias Harris being on that team. 
the offense and the team running through a center, a true center. Now, Nikola Jokic. I mean, That's, I was, it's good to make Jokic, that point. I was going to make Jokic, the same point. Is Jokic point. listed as a center he's a or a power center, forward? Yeah, he's a center. He's a true center, yeah. too. So you got two it's centers battling, battling it out at the top of the board in a game where the center is completely defunct because of guys like Steph Curry, mm-hmm. who have changed the game into a three-point shooting expose. Um, it, it's really interesting because it's two seven-plus footers who have every single bullet in the bag. But I think, I think that Joel Embiid has a couple more bullets. I think that he can go about his business a little bit differently in the paint. I think he's just more explosive, I guess, is what I'm trying to get at here. And I like explosive. So for me, it's Embiid or it's Curry. And I think it should be Embiid because he's – taken his team to the point where they're an actual contender. I think it's the perfect mixture of like mm-hmm. the value to his team and his individual ability. Whereas Steph is obviously the value to his team and his individual ability, but that value to his team has only gotten them into maybe we make the playoff. So I think that's where Steph, Steph kind of honestly has it. And, and I know, and I know that's not really at the, at the root of the award, but are you going to give the MVP award to a team that doesn't make the play? To a no, guy it's on a it's team interesting that, make that you bring playoffs? that up because we talked, it's it, the, his, uh, the case I'll bring up now is kind of dwindling a little bit, but it's very similar to the Patrick Kane argument we were having, you know, before uh, you know, a couple a month or so ago. Was he's having an awesome year, but the Blackhawks are just going to kind of sneak in? And is that like is that is, mm-hmm. is him carrying one team to the last spot in the playoffs good enough, or do you want to take you know the All Star score or whatever on the best team? And I, I, you make a good point. I know how good Embiid is. He might be the better, more might be the more talented player than Nikola Jokic. That's fine. I just think for what they've done this year, this individual season, I think the 2020-2021 MVP belongs to the best player in the 2021 season, not the most talented for player sure. overall. For sure. But, just, if, but it's, it's tough because it is a regular season award, and mm-hmm. it's it doesn't – the NBA, I had this argument – with one of my co-anchors the other day who's saying the NBA MVP is a completely worthless award. And it's not because it, it draws the through line through history. Like when we look back at the MVPs of the nineties mm-hmm. and of the early two thousands, it really tells the story of the league in those years, whether it was Steve Nash taking over the league and winning those awards, or I mean, Kobe only had one his lone year, or it tells the story of LeBron's young dominance, or it tells the story of MJ being the greatest and then going away and them giving it to someone else and then coming back and them saying, All right, well, I guess Carl Malone, this feels like a Carl Malone award. You know, this mm-hmm. feels like a, this, this feels like a, it should have been given to somebody else to more properly tell the story of that season. Cause I don't think the Denver nuggets are winning a darn thing at the end of this season. So, uh, I, and I know that does not necessarily um, inform this award, but when we look back on the season, we're going to tell the story of the year 2021 differently than oh, Nikola Jokic dominated. You know that that's just where that's just where I'm at odds at a, a little bit. I guess in my head, I think the Denver Nuggets have a chance to win a damn thing as much as the 76ers do. I know the Sixers are winning no, East right now, but I've just I've seen the story before with them in the playoffs. And I'm just not going to believe it until I see them win. 
I mean, they were a bad bounce away from going to the Eastern Conference Finals where they mm-hmm. would have played a depleted team and then gone on to be in the NBA Finals. So, like, it's it, it, sometimes it comes down to a shot. Like, yeah. I, I think that I think that the 76ers are a far more prepared team um, than anyone gives them credit for. And with the head coach that they have now at the end of the bench being different and with, with, um, with Joel Embiid being who he is now and Tobias Harris, if he can show up in, in a big way in the playoffs, I think that the East runs through Philly, not just because they could be the potential one seed, but because Brooklyn can't get healthy. Um, yeah, Miami's going to be good. Um, you, you got a couple other teams at the top of the... I, I don't think Atlanta's going to make all that much noise, especially after Trey Young's injury here. It, it, for me, it comes down to Brooklyn and Philadelphia. Oh, yeah. I, I'm, I, I, to, to your point of we know what Philly is in the playoffs, we know what Milwaukee is in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. I, York, just, I think it's Brooklyn. The New York, Knicks, the New York Knicks are your current four seed. So if we want to have the conversation about one, two, Tibbs. three, we can have that conversation. But we know what Tibbs is. That's going to end in the conference semifinals. And yeah. I have some. I have a bunch of Nick, uh, Nick fan buddies here at work who said if it ends in the conference semifinals this year, that is the biggest win in the last three decades. Like that is. I mean, that if, is you're, if you're a Knicks fan right now, a playoff series oh, win is like are, you just won the NBA Finals. Like that's and the the thing is, is it, it's a lot of Knicks Yankee overlap, obviously. Mm-hmm. So you have a lot of people who are. Um, are, are being torn apart emotionally by their Yankees. And, They're hurting and right now. The, the exactly. They're elevating them. Exactly, exactly. So it's the yin and the yang for the They're New York last fans place right New now. York Yankees. But you're uh, you're selling on Joel Embiid as the MVP. I don't. I it's not really that I'm selling on him. It's more that I'm buying. You're buying. Jokic. You're buying Jokic. Okay. It's, it, it's nothing against Joel Embiid. And like I said, if you told me tomorrow that Joel Embiid won the MVP. I'd be, I'd say that's fine. I wouldn't have like a big gripe about it. I think he's had that good of a year too. Same thing goes for Steph Curry with this run he's on. But I just, I think right now Nikola Jokic is the most deserving player. Your um, turn. Okay, it is my turn. Where do I want to go with this? Where do I want to go with this? Let's go with the NFL draft. Okay. Um, obviously, we've seen a whole bunch of a whole bunch of movement up there at the top of the the, the first round. I just want to ask you pretty simply, and I, I know we will have some time to probably talk about this next week too, but as things stand right now, buy or sell, the first four picks are four quarterbacks. Um, you know, you're essentially – the question you're essentially asking me is, it, does Atlanta take a quarterback? Or does Atlanta trade out? Or do they trade out and someone else takes a quarterback? Yes. I'm going to sell it because I think Atlanta stays at four and they take Kyle Pitts. Okay. Um, apparently, the story coming out of Atlanta is that Arthur Blank, the owner, does not want to draft a quarterback. Um, the general manager wants to draft a quarterback. And usually that argument goes the way of the guy who uh, signs Writes the, the check. Yeah. Um, so I think that they either trade out or they select a non-quarterback at four. Um, do I think that's the right decision? Probably not, because Matt mm-hmm. Ryan is um, in the twilight of his career, and you want to start preparing a quarterback under him. But if you're not sold on, let's say it goes Lawrence Wilson. So you're, you're either going to have Jones or Fields. Jones, Fields, or Lance at four would be your decision, yeah. uh, depending on what the 49ers do at number three. And if you want to roll back the tape to last week and tell me I was right, it looks like it probably at least Vegas believes it's going to be Justin Fields at three to uh, the 49ers. That, that conversation is sort of shifted into that uh, direction or into that yes. realm. Yeah. It's moving that way. And if it's Mac Jones or Trey Lance at four, and you're not in love with either of those guys, man, go NBA route and take best available. Who's the best 
athlete, best commodity in Pitts. this draft. It's Kyle Pitts. If you're looking for offensive line help, then you go Panay Sewell. But of the three, like, undeniables, quote-unquote, in this mm-hmm. draft, Trevor Lawrence, Kyle Pitts, and Panay Sewell are those three guys, essentially. I mean, yeah, there's, there's, there's obviously hundreds and hundreds of talented players, but – you know, those are those are three what locks you see, that are going to be. What in the you NFL. see is what you get. Day one, top of the depth chart guys: Trevor Lawrence, Kyle Pitts, Panay Sewell. I think Atlanta goes with Pitts at four. For what it's worth, I believe I saw an article on the internet that uh, Kyle Pitts is following only the Atlanta Falcons on Instagram right now. So that might be nice. Something that he he might know. So I'm onto something here. Uh, it might onto be onto something. something there, Joe. I believe it's your <laughs> turn now. Uh, Matt, I'm going to take us to baseball, and I'm not going to take us to your wheelhouse. I'm going to take us to the north side of town where the okay. Cubbies hang a 16 spot. Most runs in a game since, I believe, 2016, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, if I'm not mistaken, a night ago, uh, in just a home run route of the Mets. Uh, they also, over the weekend, hung a number with the wind blowing out. They're 8-9 and nine on the season, shipping away. Buy or sell, we overreacted to the first two weeks of the season of Cubs baseball. Um, I'll buy it a little bit, but I, I think what you're seeing now is still kind of who the Cubs are and what we've seen from them over the course of, you know, full length seasons. The last few years, is there a team mm-hmm. that is going to go on these stretches of just being completely anemic at the plate? And then they are going to run into stretches, especially at home where the wind's blowing out, the bats are working and they hit the ball out of the ballpark all the time. That's just yeah. kind of who they are. Um, I, I still think when it comes down to it, they're, Kind of more the team, not not as bad as the team we saw the first couple weeks of the season, but kind of more that. And I think when push comes to shove against better teams, you'll probably see that they have they they haven't went up against the greatest of pitching the la, the last uh, couple outbreaks. I know last night was uh, mm-hmm. I forgot the dude on the Mets who was pitching, but he had an ERA in like the sevens. The dude on the Braves they blew up was uh, Mike Michael Yanoa. Was that a pitcher? Whatever. You know, his yes. last name yeah, was yeah. Not, Why am I blanking He's on who the Mets pitcher was? Uh, Peterson, something like that. I think that was. Yeah, last I think name. I think you're right. And they're missing Degrom today. So yeah, but like, think, hey, um, that's what a team like the Cubs needs to do to those types of pitchers in order to get well, you know in order to get to the yeah. playoffs in order to be in a division race. But I, I still think when it comes down to it. Um, they're probably closer to the team. They're not a team that's going to average 10 runs a game. I think they're yeah. more of the team we saw earlier. I still think they're a team that can compete in the Central. It's not all that great. Um, I don't think uh, Milwaukee's going to be a 6-11 win percentage team the whole year. Uh, but, uh, yeah, we probably overreacted a tad because I don't think they're that bad. Yeah, but I, I think the while it might have been an overreaction, it, it, it largely was justified. I mean, we're yeah, still talking it was about historically the, bad lowest, the lowest batting – until last night, the lowest batting average in the major leagues. Like, it was really bad at the plate. Mm-hmm. My question with the Cubs, and it will likely be my question all season, is like, who are these guys on the staff? What is this pitching staff? Like, last night it's – uh, It's just a, a whole What was the kid's bag. name? Zach Davies. Um, Davies. Did he throw last He night? looked like – yeah, he looked like the Naperville Central ace. Like, he's like – some this tiny skinny dude. I was like, who's throwing for the Cubs right now? And like, that's kind of what's become of the roster a little bit. It's not as uh, household one through mm-hmm. nine and one through five for the pitching staff. So I think as we get used to these guys, um, at least from afar, I'll, I'll get a better feel for who they are. But um, as a team, that is. Yeah. But I just, you know, I I think you put it very nicely where it might be a feast or famine type season for the Cubs. It's it's also going to come down to, I mean, if they're doing this in July or, you know, uh, 
mid-July, late June, whatever, where you, you have these stretches of nothing, you have these couple games of breaking out, and then you, you go back and forth. Jed Hoyer is going to have some decisions to make on guys on the roster, and he's not yeah, like going that. to have an. Uh, he's not going to have a blank check from the Ricketts family clearly to go sign Bias, to go sign Bryant, to bring them all back on these. If Chris Bryant keeps no, the way that, now, he's going to get paid, and he's going to price himself out. Like, what do they do there? Well, now, now it also brings up the situation of if you're five games back at the trade deadline, are you a seller? Mm-hmm. Are you trying to? Have someone take a rental on Baez. Have someone take a rental on Bryant. Get some return because yeah. you know you're not writing that check after the season. Like, ask the Mets fan, or excuse me, ask Cleveland fans how they feel about letting Francisco Lindor walk for nothing to the Mets. Like, I'm talking with my co-anchor Hakeem last night, Dermish, about, you know, we're always talking baseball and he's a Cleveland guy and he made that point about, you know, let Shane Bieber mow down some bodies for the next few months and then move the guy because yeah. he's gone. He's going to be a New York Yankee. He's going to be so he's going to go somewhere else and you're going to get nothing for Shane Bieber and Francisco Lindor. I mean, that's how you tank a, obviously you want to keep those guys on your roster, but if it's not a reality, then you got to get something in return. If not, you are, you are nosediving your franchise. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it, it's a good point you bring up with Lindor because, yeah, like they, they got somewhat of a return with him via trade and all that. But, like, it's not – if you hold on to those guys for too long, which obviously the Cubs have, and I, I think you saw the, the value of most of those guys kind of tank, the way to really expedite these rebuilds is – now the Sox haven't won anything yet – but the returns they got out of a Jose Quintana, the return they got out of a Chris Sale, Chris Sale, was huge. They sold not when these guys had one year left before making a mega, you know, going to sign a mega deal. They sold when these guys had, you know, three years left on an affordable hit, whatever. Two years, yeah. left. and obviously those are guys you need to consider holding on to. But if you're a team like the Cleveland Indians, that uh, you know your owner's not going to pay it. That's something for a Shane Bieber, who I want to say has three more years of control left after this one. Uh, One you probably have to look at. Yeah, most definitely. What do you got? Uh, I'm going to stick to the diamond here. I'm going to go outside of the city, though. I I think we kind of know what the White Sox are at this point. I don't think there's much more to ask about them than we've talked about, if if that makes sense. I'm pretty confident I know where they're at. I want to ask you... Um, granted you don't live out west anymore but the Dodgers Padres played that electric series last weekend I believe it was mm-hmm. buy or sell Dodgers Padres is the new best rivalry in baseball yeah I, I mean it's it's no doubt up there I, I don't know that um, you know for rivalries I usually like I usually like a little bit of bad blood I usually like coming to the park knowing that the benches could clear mm-hmm. and I don't necessarily there's a little bit of that between Dodgers Padres but I don't think there's a whole bunch mm-hmm. um, I think it's more just like uh, let the bats do the talking type business and I'm good with that too there are two lineups that are absolutely stacked um, not only with quality players but with star power i mean you, you look at this you look at this dodgers lineup and it is murderers row mm-hmm. uh, 2.0 here like there is not a there is not a weak link in that batting order and then you get to i mean you get to the bats of san diego and it's the same thing like it's kind of it also has that big brother little brother feel of yeah. like hey you're you're the little town to the south um you're not going to you're not going to 
you're just a pesky little brother. You're not going to give us any trouble, but they could and they are. And, and I think with the staff that they have, if, once those guys get their feet under them uh, in San Diego, I think that that's going to be an absolute banger of a rivalry. Because if you think of the past rivalries for, I mean, just for the purposes of this question, mm-hmm. Red Sox Yankees is dead. I mean, at, yeah. for now. Uh, I, It'll be back, I mean, but right we, now it doesn't mean anything. We thought Red Sox Yankees was going to be dead because the Yankees were going to be great and the Red Sox were going to be bad. And it's kind of the flip side of that. They both have their own issues to deal mm-hmm. with right now. So I, I'm not sure that that rivalry right now is too. Um, I don't. I don't know that that's got the the window value. Obviously, uh, it's got uh, the historic value to it. But right now, there's just not a lot of there's not a lot of heat to it. There's not a lot of fire. Yeah, there's not a ton of juice there. I mean, Cubs Cardinals, I think, is a little bit more localized than mm-hmm. we've made it out to be. But still, I, I'm not sure that the the juice of old is there. This is the new rivalry. Dodgers Padres is the new rivalry in the bigs. Um, you got the talent. You have the characters in there too. With the Trevor Bauer, I think it was that they got into the. Uh, I want to say it was Saturday night's game where there was there wasn't like a benches clearing or anything, but Kershaw and I think it was Jerks and Profar were getting to a little bit. Yeah, of they were jawing, jawing a little match bit across there, and then Mookie Betts makes the the layout catch to end the game. You got Trevor Bauer. I think I, I said too, like you got the characters, you got the talent, you got the lineups. It's all there. Yeah, and, and uh, for me, you you mentioned it too. My favorite rivalries are those when you do have the little brother, big brother kind of feel to mm-hmm. it, where it's it's you know. One one is up and coming. One's the established. One's nipping at the heels. Wants to be there. Obviously, rivalries off that aspect are good too. But for me, like those are the those are the ones that are most fun to watch because it's it's just it's having been in a little brother big brother situation. Just you know, growing up in life, resonates like, you, you, with you. you. Get it? You resonate. <laughs> it's, fun, and it's fun to watch in sports. Having like my teams, like I. Uh, the Blackhawks Red Wings at the heat of that rivalry when it ended in 2013 like that was a little brother big brother rivalry my whole life like those ones kind of resonate with you and I I think those have the potential for those you know those benches clearing benches clearing incidents like you were kind of saying yeah so so I am buying this as the top rivalry but as you were talking the bad blood rivalry that came to mind right now that is two still good baseball teams I mean Mm -hmm. even though the Astros are at the bottom of the division right now Oakland, Houston, Oakland, Houston has the, it's a powder keg, like Oakland, Houston, a strong breeze could start a fire between these two teams. So Mm -hmm. I'm always on guard when those two are playing. So if, if Dodgers, if Dodgers uh, Padres is my one, this is my clear cut too. And uh, you, you bring up Oakland, that, that 11 game win streak is awesome. And I think my favorite part of it is they just swept the twins in three. That was yeah, kind of awesome they, as well. They, Thank you for that. They they win last night, scoring two runs in the top of the or bottom of the eleventh without was or was tenth or eleventh without without recording a hit. Yeah, it was just unbelievable. That um, was one of the worst. I think it was was it Donaldson at third? I don't remember. But just no, the, they moved. Uh, they moved. Uh, uh, was it Astudio who was over there then? No, 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 no. no. It was. Uh, I'm blanking on his name right now, but they moved him to third before that half inning, and he just absolutely just airmails. Airmail. That wasn't yeah. even close. That was like ten like up the feet line. away from the first baseman. Oh, yeah, you love to see it though. If it's the Minnesota Twins, we don't like them. The last place Minnesota Twins. Yeah, we'll take that, uh, Matt. We're gonna keep things rolling here and take it to a different realm here. I don't know how uh, how dialed into the Super League oh, you've been. Man, I miss it already. You missed you miss the Super already. League already? Yeah. Well, I did see you uh, making some jokes on Twitter earlier. I think it was just you I missed are. the Super League. Well, you're you're going to have to now answer for yourself, Matt. Okay. Buy or sell the Super League? 
No, I think yeah, I, I think the decision they made is the right one. Um, <laughs> it was it was fun to be a little bit of a troll like that for a while, but it, it, you hear like the impassioned actual you know British mm-hmm. soccer fans, European soccer fans talk about. And I think the analogy that I was presented with that kind of made the most sense, it would have been like if you had the, you know, Alabama, LSU, Ohio State, Notre Dame, Clemson, you know, give me Oklahoma, Texas, whatever, like the top 12 college football teams just say, screw it to the NCAA, we're going to go play our own, you know, play our own league or the same thing with college basketball. And that would take away the chances for like a Loyola run. Mm-hmm. Um it it would have been bad for the sport. It would have made them a whole lot of money. It would have cost obviously would have cost them a lot of fans. Would have cost players in that um, area to have to kind of choose between making a ton of money or playing in the World Cup, which I don't think is something you should have to make them choose between. Um, I it, not again, not that I'm a very big soccer fan, but I am. I'm happy they made the decision and continue and decided to continue on the the path of these kind of separate leagues, the possibility of relegation, Champions League, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I just think that, like, you know, we did a couple of hits with our one of our analysts, Fabrizio Romano, who's great name, you know, had his ear to the ground to all of this. And he's just talking about how, you know, there are flaws to the current system, obviously, but implementing a, a completely a system that is ripe for corruption once again is not the solution. I so. would like to see them incorporate the name Super League still somehow. I think that's an awesome name. You like, you it. like the branding? It's very simple. I like it, just the Super League. The MLS See, want, should change their name to the Super League. The, the, That's how you the, get people interested. Major League Soccer, who cares? Super League. See, but soccer, I feel like if you're playing, if you're playing international soccer, like if you're playing, because it, it's still the idea that soccer here stateside is less than the MLS is less than. Yes, yeah, so how do you change that? Obviously, you throw the word is, super in front of it. So yes, yeah, Super League would work great for the MLS, but I want my international leagues to be La Liga, Serie A. That's fair. Uh, I want I want the, the I want League. the the Premier League. I want Bundesliga. the Bundesliga. I want the MVP award to be Ballon d'Or. But like, yeah, but I want that's I want, fair. But in America, I want to just, hear the music in we, it. Super we, League just doesn't we elevate do it. everything with names. Exactly. So we're, we, that's how you get Super League. Yeah, we're just the Super League. That would just fit into the American. Uh, <laughs> I think it would work here. I think that's whatever you want to call it. We're, it, it. This has become a marketing podcast. I think. <sighs> Should we like branch off into that? We just start consulting. We just start doing consultant work. I could do that. I could do that. All right. I need to come up with another buy or sell for you. Here, I, you don't have anything. I want. Well, I want to bring up the Blackhawks, but they're still making me sad. Did you watch that game last night? Did you, did you um, get to see I, it all at work? I saw the highlights of it. I did not watch it, um, but it was an interesting game. It was nice that they came back and won, but you still can't give Nashville the extra point there when you when you have a chance to yeah to go out and win. Um, I don't know. I think I'm. I think I'm. Oh, you know what? I have a. I have yeah, a non sports one. No, I want it because I'm a. You can probably guess my stance on this, but I want to ask you: buy or sell the snooze button? Oh, on the alarm Where does clock. this come? I like this. Where does this come from? What just is the my what brain? Is the, your brain? I'm this a just great came from your brain. Guy. Yeah. Um, I could get. I'm you torn, probably know I'm where torn I'm here. I'm torn here because I'm buying it as something I use. I'm selling it as something I don't like to use. You know, I want to wake up when I want to wake up. Um, I don't necessarily, I'm a big set to alarms guy. Mm -hmm. And if I'm snoozing the second one, it's just, it's just a slow start to the day. And I'm lucky enough where, 
you know, I work a, I, I, we work schedules where a slow start to the day is, is not the worst thing in the world. You know, no. you get home from work at 2 a.m., you sleep, you set that alarm for 9, 9.30, I'm up by 10 because I've hit the snooze twice after that second alarm. So I'm buying the snooze button for its utility, for what it, what it allows me at the beginning of the day. And I think I'm only buying it because... I, I don't work a traditional schedule. I don't. If I if I was a nine to five and I was a snooze button guy, I'd probably sell it because it would put me behind the eight ball more times than not. Mm-hmm. But I'm buying it because of uh, my personal relationship with. Because the we button. we rarely have the urgent. I need to wake up like now type mm-hmm. lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Okay, I, I get this. See, I would have thought you would have been a sell guy. I thought you would have been like, no, that's lazy. Get, up, get after when it. I love yeah. my mom. No, like, that, that's that, that's what I feel. That's just not what, that's just not the reality of it. You know, I'm I'm also a big set two alarms guy. Like I usually set, like if I like, if I'm getting up this morning, do the podcast at nine, I'll set one for like eight Oh five. And then I'll set another one for like eight 25 ish. But the problem is because obviously I use the iPhone for my alarm clock. It's so much easier to like, I, I think to click the side to turn off the alarm, but that's the snooze than it is to go and like press the actual like to look at the screen press the button because they have i think they have snooze and stop there but if you hit the little button on the side that just snoozes it i think it's just so ingrained in my brain like that's how i turn the phone off that i think i'm more of a snooze guy by default if that makes yeah. sense yeah yeah um that is uh, i wish i wasn't a snooze guy how about that i, I wish i could just yeah. get up right away it's a similar it's a similar relationship we both have with with the snooze button. Yeah. Just tough, just tough sometimes. Uh, Matt, what do you got? I have uh, it's my turn here. I, I think I have hey, a couple you, more for oh, you. Oh, you got a couple more. Okay. Yeah, I might have one or two more for okay. you. Um, oh, yes, yes, yes. We have some rule changes in the NFL. We got to get some NFL buy or sell in here. The two <clears> rule changes or at least the two major rule changes regard uh, a sky judge being able to buzz down to the mm-hmm. referees. And the other rule change is certain positions, running backs, wide receivers can wear single digit numbers. So I'm going to ask you two parter here. Buy or sell the sky judge. Buy or sell the number changes. Uh, I'm going to buy the sky judge. I think that's smart. I think that's something we've kind of been talking about for a while. And as long as it doesn't add too much to the like length of the games, like it doesn't draw things out too much. Um, it's implemented properly. It should speed up the game. Exactly. And I, well, the, the only problem is if you have the sky judge, maybe they buzz too often. Who really knows? Yeah. I, I like the idea of it because I think it, I'm all for getting things as right as you possibly can. Um, and those guys can just see more. So I'm in on that. I don't like the number change just because in my head, I'm used to the, you know, the, the NFL numbers right now. It's, it's just, it just I don't want it to mess little, with my it brain. It seems a little collegiate. You yeah. Know? Like this is the NFL. If you're a receiver, you wear a number in the teens or the eighties. Get over yeah. it. I just, you know. <laughs> um, I think I should. I think I'm on the same page as you. I think I'm a buy sell there. I mean, it doesn't. It won't bother me. I'm not going to be a get off my lawn old man about uh, about Juju Smith wearing nine if he wants to, or yeah, Eddie like, Jackson not, wearing four if he wants to go back to his college number. It just seems a little collegiate to me. Yeah, I don't like. I don't want to say like I'm, I'm taking like a huge stand against it, but I just like I don't love it either because my it's just going to confuse me early, and I'm sure. you know, we all know I'm a very easily confused person. Um, doesn't doesn't go too well in my brain when you change things up. Uh, with um, that being said, are there any other questions in that brain? Yeah, I got one more. I got I got to bring up the the quote unquote fight from the weekend. Quote unquote fight from J- the weekend. Jake Paul and Ben Askren. Oh Ben's Jesus! Fight. Buy or sell? Go ahead. Buy or sell the concerts with the undercard so. one fight? So. <laughs> you don't like beeps? 
No, he didn't sound good, and I love Biebs. Like I, I I've thought been he sounded saying, normal. Eh. I mean, I don't listen. I honestly don't listen to a lot of. Sounded podcasts. like someone who hasn't performed live in a long time, which is fair. Probably true. Um, probably, probably hasn't performed live in a year and a half. But um, no, I, I'm a huge Biebs fan, and it just kind of felt like it fell flat. Um, who else performed? Uh, uh, it was blanking. basically all the TikTok people, songs. People have t- like yeah. viral TikTok songs. They were asked to perform. Yeah, it's kind of weird. I, I, I didn't need the D'Amelio sisters handing the fake belt to Jake Paul. I really probably didn't even need Frank Mir getting his ass beat uh, in the honor card. The only thing I needed there was the main event and Snoop Dogg. That was really it. Snoop Dogg was need, awesome. I didn't need Oscar De La Hoya with a nose full of dust. Yeah, I didn't that was need, weird. Man. Like, I, I didn't need, uh, you know, I love Who's Mario, Mario Lopez. Lopez. Like, give me Mario Lopez. Who is Slater, Mario Lopez? dude. What do you mean, who is Mario Lopez? Saved by the Bell, AC Slater. He was the oh. jock. And now I, he's, I, I haven't watched many Saved by the Bell episodes. Now he hosts, uh, he hosts, like, Entertainment Tonight and a couple other things. Um, oh, man, well, he's don't ubiquitous. watch Entertainment Tonight. He's, ubiquitous he's everywhere and he's a he's a pretty mean boxer in his own right um apparently he's he's okay like i definitely dudes. recognize his face from saved by the Bell. yeah gotcha. and he's beautiful he's a beautiful man i just didn't know family. he was like a big like he was that as popular huge, as he was everyone was, huge, talking, oh, everyone was massive. tweeting about him yeah I, I didn't realize um, that sex icon sex icon if i if i may you know okay if i may okay. ac slater ac slater was the heartthrob of all heartthrobs in the nineties. You know, I, I think I think it was very divisive. I think it was like, are you a Zach Morris guy, or are you, or are you a Zach Morris girl or guy, or are you a Zach Morris, uh, or excuse me, are you an AC Slater girl? Like, like, w- 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 what was your, what was your? It was like Team Edward, Team whatever. Interesting. Uh, like, so the nineties version of that. Exactly. Were were you Team Slater or were you Team Morris? I, I think just you know AC Slater, all state, four time all state wrestler. Like, yeah, I'm an AC Slater guy. Okay. Okay. I'm buying AC Slater. I'm, I uh, apologize but, for bringing up for, for saying I don't know who Mario Lopez. Don't, is. don't disparage Mario Lopez name on my podcast. Clearly. I did. I did. Um, I just asked who he was. Well, that was too much. That was you should know. Okay. Um, okay. But no, the the point being here, selling all those pre performances. I'm buying Jake Paul though. Like I'll continue to watch him fight people. Um, I I would hope that sooner rather than later we get him to fight an actual up and coming boxer as well. Um, it's not going to have the branding capability of a Ben Askren or a Nate Robinson fight mm-hmm. because we're not going to know who this no-name fighter is. But think about Jake Paul as a boxer. Don't think about him as a YouTube star trying to box. He is a boxer who is and 3-0. I mean, get him another fighter who's 3-0, and 4-1. Get him a young fighter up and coming, just turned professional. We're not going to know who that guy is, but it's going to be a good fight. And it's, yeah, going to I- tell you, it's going to tell you if Jake Paul actually has a future in boxing and from all the people that you hear like yeah maybe the technique could use some sharpening it obviously can maybe um you know the talent is still a raw but it's still a little bit raw but the kick can straight up crack like you don't want to get hit by jake paul it's as simple as that like he he knows how to throw his punches and he's starched two guys over the last year um yeah, I'm. I'm gonna tune in when he's when he fights next for sure. Yeah, yeah it's past the point where he should be doing these you know sideshow type fights and actually now he's earned the right to go face a real fighter but now he's got to go they, they have to find him a real fighter to go out and face and ben askren was supposed to be the kind of bridge that 
the bridge built towards that. Obviously, he's an MMA guy who predominantly was a Olympic wrestler, and you know never really was that great of a striker, even in his MMA career. And then comes in with a little bit of dad weight around the inner tube, a little, little love handle action there at the weigh-in, twenty pounds overweight. So we kind of knew what direction this was headed. Nothing so wrong I with don't little know. handle sometimes. Trent. I don't know. I mean, if you're boxing professional, yes, there is. Um, I don't know how much. I don't know how much uh, I, I don't know how much legitimacy that Ben Askren fight offered Jake Paul, but I'm legitimately interested. There you go. Anything else? Um, do you have anything else? I don't. I have no more buyer sells, but I know we have a mailbag. We do. So I'm going to bring out the mailbag. Maybe we dip our toe into the mailbag. I'm going to open it up here. Uh, good question from friend listener of the podcast, my brother Tim. I have to pull up our text exchange from between me and you because I said to you early this morning. All right, so are we, are we going to exclude California and Florida? I think that's the... Yes, present, present the question first, okay. and then we'll offer so the, those the, qualifiers. The question is, you can only play golf in one state for the rest of your life, but all of your greens fees in that state are comped, and you can play private courses. What state do you pick? So The answer, the answer is Cal- California. Yes, the answer is California because, I mean, what's it? Cypress Point is... Are, is the best course in the country. You have Pebble, like, between those two courses, I, I wouldn't need anything else, but you have hundreds of thousands of courses up and down the coast that are just unbelievable. It, it's the runaway winner, and I think Florida's not far behind because you have a place like Seminole, you have Sawgrass, and you have a whole bunch of different courses uh, inland and around the shores that are just unbeatable, yeah. plus combined with the weather. But I think excluding those two, there's a whole lot of options out there. there there's a whole lot of states that could make a, a valid argument. Yeah, I, I think I think that there are. Um, I'm, I'm going to give you dealer's choice here. Uh, if you'd like to lead us off, I don't think you're going to take the, the the state that I'm taking. Okay. So uh, I'll let you lead us off here. I made the argument that this, it, it's 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 the wrong argument, but I tried to make the argument because that's what I, I like to do, just to, to try and argue things. Um, that Georgia could be the the chosen state overall, uh-huh. including California and Florida. So you're just it's assuming not. membership at Augusta. Well. It says private courses are – you can play private courses and greens okay. fees are comped. If that is the case, I will be at Augusta National every day that it is open. Uh, when it's not open, I will be at East Lake or I will be over at Sea Island. There's a whole uh, Atlanta Athletic Club. I, I, I know the drop-off after Augusta – it's not huge, but th- there's definitely a drop-off and there's probably not as great – you know. Middling, Reynolds, kinda, Reynolds Georgia. Reynolds, Georgia has a ton of beautiful courses. A okay. uh, friend of the podcast, Zach Scott. Oh, that's right. I remember you guys were out there all the time. They had a trip down there. I was unable to make it, but apparently Reynolds, Georgia is just littered with beautiful golf. Sign me up for Georgia. Uh, I, I yeah. might not be the most popular choice because I think when people think of there, they think Augusta and then not much else. If you mm-hmm. do the research, people, there's some more going on. And I cannot stress enough, Augusta National is there. That's fine. I, I like that. I like that pick. Um, for me, uh, Arizona came to mind, but it is not my pick because for what I love about Arizona, Scottsdale, the neighboring areas, the golf is a little bit one note. Um, yeah. It's one kind of golf. There. Yeah. You're, you're not going to get a ton of variability. I'm going to take a chance here and I am take going to limit, my, I, I'm going to limit my season to just the summer season. And oh. I'm going to say, I'm going to say New York. Um, not just cause I'm out here and I'm a Yankees and I'm a Knicks fan now. But That's kind of what I was thinking you were saying. Think of the courses, man. Shinnecock. Yeah. Um, National Golf Links, which is apparently 
behind uh, what am I? Uh, what's the, what do they say the top course in the United States is? Um, oh, that's uh, Pine, Pine Valley. Valley. That's Pine in New Valley. Jersey. Pine Valley. Uh, I know that's in New Jersey, but I'm saying behind Pine Valley yeah. National Golf Links um, mm-hmm. out on. Uh, what do you call it there? Uh, out in the Hamptons is supposed to be the course. Uh, Friar's Head is another one out there that's amazing. You got Wingfoot East and West. Beth Page mm-hmm. Black being the toughest test in public golf uh, in, in, in the state of New York and in the country. Um, Garden City is supposed to be a really nice one. If I can't include New Jersey, which by the rules of this, you cannot. I can't include New Jersey. Its own state. New Jersey um, we, we, get, we get cut off there. You got Pound Ridge right here on the border of New York and Connecticut that I've played. It is in new york you got sleepy hollow mm-hmm. there's just like a there's a ton lot of and i think because of the fact that it's 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 public and private there's so much amazing private golf in new york that i think that that would be my pick um, i mean greenwich country club the country clubs um just on the new york side of the line are unbelievable mm-hmm. okay I, it's, so it's gonna, not I'm a bad go pick. new york it's not I'm a bad go pick, new york. quite honestly it's it's the lifestyle that you're kind of already used to because we've I mean, with the exception of the years you lived in Cal, or the year, year and a half, whatever it was, you lived in California. Yeah. Pretty much, California is the answer. Into, can I just can I just yeah, say California, that California is the, is the we answer? We both agree California yeah. is the answer. But we're talking about after California. I think Florida is probably the clear cut too. After those two, um, it's wide open, and I it, it's the lifestyle. Can we hand out some? Of, can we hand out some honorable mentions? Of course, we can hand out. I think North Carolina uh, South Car- is an honorable. South Car- mention. North Carolina is South Carolina. Yep. Um, Honestly, Michigan whole, is an honorable mention for me. Not Michigan, Wisconsin, Oregon. There's some sleepers. There's some sleepers. What's what's Texas golf like? I mean, Texas as a state is massive. There should be some good golf. There should be some. Well, there's some, the, the I, course I know, in Austin that they play the uh, the, yeah, the play at every. And year. then what's the what's the club Spieth belongs to? That it's a big Dallas haunch for like anybody and everybody who's somebody. Um, uh, don't know. I forget what it's called, but. Um, I think that sees a lot of action down there in in the Dallas Fort Worth area, but um, I mean, yeah, we, our home state of Illinois is it's not it, got yeah. some some great private courses between Medina, Butler, Chicago uh, Golf, Chicago Golf, yeah. Rich Harvest Farm, like that sleeper, yeah. Illinois sleeper, Illinois is if a you, sleeper. If you can play, I'll, I'll if you can play all the private golf you want, yeah, I put Illinois in that first tier of sleepers for sure. There's a lot of good options, but I, I, yeah. I think we may, I think. In my opinion, I think we might have taken the two best options. Um, but I, I, I was also up there. I, I had North Carolina up there just because if you tell me I can play. The Pinehurst Resort having seven or eight, whatever, eight different courses on the site that you can kind of mix up and play. That's also, yeah. That's huge. Um, yeah. And there's there's so many different courses. And I think they're all kind of compacted mostly into that same type of area in the state. That'd be tough for me, but it's... A lot of good options. I think Georgia for me is the winner. You made a great case for New York. Uh, anyone who um, wants, as I look at and as I look at a list now in New yeah. York, I'm, I'm I'm again, I'm I'm emboldened by what I'm seeing here. Okay. Even the ones that I didn't name. The Atlantic Club is another super ritzy one out on out on Long Island, the Hamptons. That is supposed to be just unbelievable. Um, Hudson National, Fenway. There's there's some clubs out in New York. Oh yeah, it's. Yeah. Two two good choices. Two tweet good choices. us tweet, have, tweet us your guys' selections of some of your courses. How about we that? like that? Hit us up on Moose and Runes. We appreciate the mailbag questions as always. Bonus uh, buy or sell. It, hit me. Buy or sell. Getting engaged. Oh, totally buy getting engaged. Yeah. Um, you want to tell us why? Recently, uh, yes, uh, got engaged to my lovely girlfriend Shelby. My lo- excuse me. Can you my hear my fiance? Can you hear my Shelby. clapping in the background? 
Yes, I can. Thank you very much. Um, It was a lovely weekend. Surprised her with family in the city. Um, Maybe, yeah, maybe I just have a love affair with New York right now because proposed in Washington Square Park down in Manhattan. I had a lovely dinner at a French restaurant around the corner. It was just, it was a dream weekend. Um, It was, I wanted to give her um, the weekend that she deserved for being five years patient with me. and uh, Stuck with you. and, and And we did that. Yeah, she's... She's been one of a kind and flying around the country and driving across the country and moving her life um, for my dream. And um, it's our dream. And, and I, I, she supports me and what I do. And I support her and what she does. And I, I'm so happy to have found the woman that I'm going to spend the rest of my life with. And it was amazing to um, it was amazing to take that next step and get engaged. And, uh, you know, I, in my brain, we've lived together for three years. We're engaged. Like, yeah. we've been engaged. We've been living the life. But I think it meant a ton to her to just have that physical representation yeah, sure. of it and that moment that um you know this is this is my guy and, and i'm her I, this is my girl and, and that i'm her guy and um no it was, it was it was beautiful and to celebrate it with family it was it was all you could ever ask for so thank you for your congratulations um looking forward to a lifetime worth of happiness and she knows the podcast schedule too so yeah. you know she's got to get out of the house here yeah. for, for an hour a day to let me to let we me don't do my thing with my guy Matt Rooney alright that's it, it I'm going to make things easier on you you don't even need to send me the invitation just put me down for a steak perfect I'll you're in um, she doesn't she doesn't mind when I podcast and she doesn't mind me being at the golf course for five and a half hours so she probably we found the one that. we found the one Matt Rooney let she probably appreciates that. when you get out of the course we've got to get she out does. of the house for to be five honest because when I'm home I'm talking and that's just it's either much. you there or talking to her or yelling at the TV yeah. playing Call of Duty and exactly at a certain point I get sick of me if yeah. I could get away from me for a little while I would so her and I clearly have a lot in common <laughs> well let me get you away from me right now Matt Rooney as always I appreciate you spending some time with me. We appreciate you guys, the Moose and Ruins listeners, for tuning in to this episode 203 of the pod for Matt Rooney. I am Joe Musso. Hit us up on Twitter at Moose and Runes. Send us your mailbag questions. Keep this boat afloat as we charge on towards playoff time in a number of different leagues. We appreciate you guys as always. For Matt, I'm Joe. Talk to you soon. May God give you for every storm a rainbow, for every tear a smile, for every care a promise, and a blessing in each trial. I swear I've seen a lot of stuff in my life, but that was awesome. (laughs) Chicken on the steak was phenomenal.